0: To help make you more successful in your professional and personal life. This is Amazing Business Radio with Chef Hiken. Hello everyone, Chef Hiken here on Amazing Business Radio on the CBS and Play It Network. I am excited today because we are with branding expert Bruce Turkel. Bruce uh, is has been for 30 years, actually longer than 30 years. He has run Turkell Brands out of Miami, Florida and he has some amazing clients. I call them sexy clients like Bacardi and uh, Discovery Channel. Uh, He's done work with uh, Miami, uh, the city of Miami, and Puerto Rico and their tourism, and a whole lot of other companies and organizations. Bruce, welcome to Amazing Business Radio.
1: Thank you, Shep, it's a pleasure to be here.
0: So we're gonna talk about branding today. Branding's a big deal. Uh, I think it's been a buzzword now for maybe seven, eight, 10 years. It's just coming on strong. Everybody says, oh, a company has to have a brand. You have to have a a personal brand. Uh, But let's talk about what the definition of a brand actually is.
1: Well, I'm glad we're starting there because, you know, people say or think a brand is a logo or they think it's a tagline or maybe they think it's a sign. And it's not. Those are all ways you indicate what your brand is. Quite simply, you can redefine brand as reputation, you can redefine brand as what people say about you, what they think about you, what they feel about you. It's really the feeling of your company or the feeling of yourself that precedes you into the room and stays after you leave. Someone
0: once said, a, or I wrote, read it and I kinda liked it, a brand is a promise delivered. In other words, you've created this perception, you've created this uh, idea of what you want your your client or your customer to experience and then you deliver on it.
1: I would add a word there. I would say a successful brand is a promise delivered because plenty of times a brand can be a promise that ultimately doesn't get delivered. In fact, the whole key to building a great brand is really walking the walk and talking the talk, knowing what that brand is and then making sure you deliver it every time so you have consistency and congruency between the consumer experience and what it is you say about yourself. But at the end of the day, doesn't the customer make that decision? Totally. Absolutely. But of course, what you set them up for what you prepare them for, but how you manage the expectation, what you say in your advertising, what your location looks like, what it feels like, what it tastes like, what it smells like, and then the experience they have. And more importantly, the takeaway, the follow-up you do, all those things together get thrown in the cauldron, the steam that comes out, the great smell. That's the brand.
0: Yeah. So you try to create this perception that you want your customer to experience, and then you need to deliver on it and hope that they actually experience.
1: That's absolutely true. I grew up in the restaurant business, and you know, you hear people all the time, waiters will come up to you at the table and say, how's everything? And the truth is they don't wanna know how everything is, they wanna know how your meal is, but that has nothing to do with the brand. But if they say, wasn't your meal wonderful, did you know that our vegetables come from a farm not too far from here, or that our steaks come, and they build this whole perception that you weren't aware of, and then they live up to it with the quality of the experience, then when someone says to you, hey, how'd you like your dinner last night? You'd say, oh, it was awesome. And by the way, did you know, the vegetables at that place, they grow them themselves. They're organic, they're whatever. That's how the brand is built. So
0: you're moving from branding into marketing, it sounds like, because word of mouth, talking about it, getting people to talk about it.
1: Yes? It's all different sides of the same coin, ship. Mm-hmm it's an umbrella the brand is this umbrella you create the strategy you create the messaging you deliver on that with the product or services that you provide you do the follow-up with the messaging that reminds people all of that comes together to build the brand
0: all right so in a little while we're gonna get into specifically what it takes to build that brand either as a company or as a person but right now a little background on you Bruce you are you are truly a guru you have been on every major network. Uh, you're brought in as an expert, commentary, uh, you've written
1: four books. What's the most recent book? The most recent book is called um, Building Brand Value. And it's exactly the seven steps you need to take to build a powerful brand.
0: Okay, now maybe that's where we go is with the seven steps. Uh, and and uh, that's well let's let's take it there. First step in build, building uh, but, but first of all, before we get there, we, I wanted to mention
1: corporate versus personal brand. Is there a difference? Why do I keep hearing you want to build your personal brand? Well, you want to build your personal brand for a number of reasons. First of all, you want to build your personal brand because the day of going and getting a job with a resume, keeping that job for 40 years and then um, retiring with a gold watch and a pension plan simply doesn't exist anymore. So you have to build a personal brand to make sure that you are taking advantage of and benefiting from all the things you're doing throughout your career, not simply providing those services to your employer. That's the reason you want to do it. But the other reason you want to do it is we're in a new time of democratized media. It used to be that one talked to many, meaning companies through advertising could talk to everybody,
0: however- right. they spent a lot of money to do it. They did it, spend a lot uh, of money, they, but they had a lot of money. Right, and the channels to do it were radio, TV, newspaper, newspaper,
1: magazine, and billboards. And that's about it. That was it. And today... Today, anybody can talk to everybody, which means, A, you can be building your brand, and B, others can be evangelizing for you, or they can just as easily be haters and be tearing at your brand. So it's very important that you understand these... These uh, techniques, and that you use them to make sure that you're taking advantage of all the things you're doing.
0: So, both on the personal side and the corporate side, because I could see if I've upset somebody at work, uh, they can go viral on me. They could post something—probably not a positive thing—to do to one of your colleagues at work, but it, it it could happen.
1: No, it happens all the time, and you'll hear newscasts. I'm going to do one this afternoon where they're talking about a particular social media uh, f- thing that happened. And the example they're using to show that the social media I know thing, what that example well, is. you're going to see it on TV in about an hour. You beat me um, out of that one.
0: You know that? Did I?
1: Yes, you did. <laughs> well, I'm sorry to hear that. Actually, I'm not, but I appreciate knowing that. But the truth is, you don't know that it was a bad social media thing because five or six people went online and complained about it. That doesn't make it bad. But the point is, everybody has the megaphone now. Mm-hmm. So you have to build a really substantial brand so that it can deflect the arrows- of the haters.
0: Right. And so uh, and and that's uh, social media allows you to amplify whatever message you have. That's a great if, way to put if, it. And and from the standpoint of word of mouth marketing, which in a sense is is keeping your promise on the brand if people walk out And they're happy with what you do. And I love it. Uh, I worked with Morton's, the steakhouse. And at the time, the CEO, Tom Baldwin, uh, he had a comment that I loved. And he said, our best marketing. And I, I think it ties to the brand, the promise that you deliver. Our best marketing. And they don't do any print or uh, any other type of media advertising, they do all word of mouth. They said, our marketing department is every one of our employees doing their job, living up to our brand promise. Because when that guest leaves the restaurant, they want that guest to talk about their experience to others, which brings people back in. So you amplify the message that way. Well, today with social media, same thing happens. But when it's negative news, and uh, I believe, uh, is it Dave Carroll, or what's his name? Uh, his last name's carol he wrote the song united breaks guitars um it, it just if you go to youtube and you type in uh united breaks guitars here's a musician got on an airplane checked his guitar they broke the guitar as they handled it in baggage they dropped it who knows what happened he opened it up broken they wouldn't pay for it so he complained they did nothing he said you know what i'm gonna write a song about it put it on youtube 16 million people 16 million people heard about this problem and after i think that what i heard the story is after a couple three hundred thousand people noticed it on youtube united said hey we'll fix the guitar will you take the song down and what do you think no this is working now obviously they took care of him and it's a great story and United's a good airline i'm not going to knock knock united and yeah bags are lost bags are damaged uh But it happens everywhere. But isn't that what this is about? You create a brand. You make the promise. People go out. They talk about it. And they come back and do more business with you on a personal level. It enhances your reputation.
1: All of that is true. All right. So step number one. Step number one. The most important thing to understand about building brand. And it's completely counterintuitive. Your brand is not about you. Step number one is all about you them. Your brand has to resonate with your consumer. It's sad to say, but other than your mother and your grandmother, nobody cares about you, but people care about themselves. And so if you create a brand that's outwardly focused, people will pay attention. In business, we say you need to go from C to C, which is, um, I'm, I'm sorry, you need to go from CC, which is company centric to CC Customer centric and you need to create a brand that is customer centric that talks about what the customer cares about
0: So who's your best example of this?
1: Apple is a perfect example Everything about Apple is designed specifically to make you feel good about the experience a and B to make you feel good about yourself Even the laptops have a glowing Apple on the part you don't see why? because let's face it, when you walk into a Starbucks and you look at all the people sitting there on the laptops, you count how many of them are on Apple's. And it's easy to tell because each one has a glowing logo. Now, when they first came out, the logo was upside down because when the laptop was closed, the logo was right side up for the user. However, what they realized was once you open it, it's now upside down. And part of the reason people like their products is because of the status of owning them. It says you're cool. So they turn the logos upside down so that you could show off by using the product. Apple understands this better than anybody.
0: Right. So most of us aren't like Apple. Any more uh, what I would call middle of the road, hum drums that have done well with it. and are you know, I always call those, you're looking for the rock stars. Apple is a rock star. Tell me about somebody well, that's solid talk, as a rock.
1: Let's talk about uh, Molson. Molson, Molson Beer. Yeah, Molson, Molson beer. was trying mm-hmm. to increase their um, consumption in college bars. And they did all the things you would think to do, two-for-one pitchers and special deals and special offers. And then somebody came up with the idea of putting their logo, which is the Maple Leaf, the Canadian flag, mm-hmm. putting the logo on, big on mugs and giving those mugs to bars with the proviso that you could only use those mugs when you served Molson. So that people coming into the bar would be holding this glass with the big logo on it that said, I'm a discerning consumer. I care about what I drink. And let's face it, part of the reason that people drink in bars, especially guys in college bars, is to meet girls. Because for the most part, beer is a parody product. It all tastes the same. Yes, (laughs) girls taste different than Coors Light. I get that. But within the, the flavor of the beer you like, they all taste the same. They all are the same but Molson was able to separate themselves by making you feel good about yourself by holding that glass. Starbucks does it on their cups with the big logo.
0: Right, and Molson's a Canadian brand. And are they, are they around? Yes, they yeah. are. And so they're primary. I mean, if, if you're a proud Canadian, you're going to you're gonna want that flag on your exactly mug. Exactly And right. I think it ties into that as well. Yeah, Starbucks is a great status brand. Well,
1: here's a great thing. You know, you and I go to a lot of conferences. We go to a lot of hotels. And you know that when you go to the hotels, they have coffee breaks, and there's the big urns of coffee, and they have the little sign that says, we proudly, proudly serve Starbucks coffee. Yet, all the people who could have that coffee for free go down to the lobby and get their double half-calf, decaf, whatever, and they pay for it. And let's face it, they pay a lot of money for it. Because those cups have really big logos on them. And you walk around and you say, look, I care about what I drink. Yeah, I care I about what, this. even
0: though I could get the same drink out of that container for free at right. the coffee break, it doesn't have the logo on it. That's right. So status is important. So that's, that's number one. Uh, we're going to take a break in
1: just a moment. But before we do, let's go with tip number two. Tip number two. Hearts than minds. It's also counterintuitive. Most people think that the way to sell products is to tell someone how good it is. Use numbers, use facts, use figures. But it's been proven time and time again that people purchase based on emotion and they justify the purchase with facts. Hearts then minds. Make an emotional connection to your consumer and then back it up with intellectual reason.
0: So if you're going to sell me on the idea of going to Hawaii on vacation, you're not going to tell me how many seats are on the plane going over the water you're going to show me a picture of a beach with a palm tree.
1: Well, considering that Miami and Puerto Rico are my clients, I'm not going okay, to sell okay. you going to Hawaii. No, no, no. However... Okay. I,
0: I, I apologize.
1: <laughs> I thought you had the Hawaiian uh, uh, market do, there as well. I do not, but <laughs> I'll, I'll give you an example. We were hired by a, by a resort in the Caribbean, and one of the things they kept telling us was that they had 17,824 linear feet of beachfront, and they always wanted to talk about their 17,824 linear feet of beachfront.
0: So, I don't know how big that is. Is right, that no, very big? Yeah, you, who knows? And how does that but compare to Miami or Puerto think, Rico? Think
1: of the ad. You know, it shows, you know, the guy, he's in the tuxedo with his pants rolled up, and and he's got and the woman in the gown, and they have the bottle of champagne, and he says to her, you know, you look so beautiful, and we came all this way, and I want to walk with you in the moonlight on 17,824 linear feet of beachfront. No, that's not the way it works. But the emotional response is, we have enough beach for the two of you to get lost in. Or we have enough beach, our beach is bigger than your love. Or... And then you back it up by saying, we have, by the way, the largest beach in the Bahamas, and it's almost 20,000 linear feet. It makes sense after the fact. But first, I want to know what it's going to do for me.
0: Focus on the heart, follow with the mind. That's right. Great. You've been listening to Bruce Terkel on Amazing Business Radio. My name's Shep Heiken. Don't go away. We'll be right back because we've only covered two of the seven steps on branding. We'll be back. Don't go away. Do you know that some businesses will spend up to 50% of their office supply budget on ink and toner alone? Now, regardless of how much you spend, do I have a deal for you? If you buy ink and toner, then our friends at LD Products offer an alternative that can save you up to 70% off expensive brand names. And you know how I am about customer service? They're open seven days a week and offer an unprecedented lifetime customer satisfaction guarantee on all LD brand cartridges. You can return the product for any reason. Now, I talked with Aaron Leon, their CEO, to confirm this in his existence exact words were, if you don't like the color of the box, we'll take it back. Now to top all this off, just for the listeners of Amazing Business Radio, you get free shipping and an additional 10% off ink and toner. Just go to ldproducts.com, that's ldproducts.com, and use the promo code SHEP, S-H-E-P, when you check out. This offer is valid through December 31st, 2015, excludes OEM, and the free shipping is just for the contiguous U.S. You're listening to Amazing Business Radio with best selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Shep Hyken here. We're back on Amazing Business Radio on CBS and Play It. We're with Bruce Turkel, brand guru, and we were talking about the seven steps to building your brand. We've t- we've covered one and two, which is uh, C to C, C to C. Number one is CC, all about them. CC. <laughs> and number yeah. two yeah. is. Hearts- go from company centric to <laughs> customer centric and hearts Uh, First and then minds. What's number three?
1: So first is all about them, Shep, and number two is hearts, then minds. Number three is make it simple. Make it simple. People make things so complicated. They make them so difficult to understand because you want to talk about all the things you do and all the things you've created and all the great things you've accomplished. But consumers don't have the brain space or the time or the interest to pay attention. Look at all the things Volvo does, and I could take 20 minutes to explain all the components of their business, right? But they sell with one word, safety. safety. And by the way, safety's not even their core competency. You buy a Volvo for transportation, but they don't even talk about that. Make it simple. What's your one word? My one word is amazing. There you go. You yep. are amazing, especially in those orange glasses you're wearing. It's too bad you all can't see this uh, because he has these orange round glasses that are just They're beautiful. They're pretty cool. They're very, They're very cool.
0: hip. I walk down the street with these glasses. They go, hey, there is somebody with orange glasses.
1: That guy's yeah, there's a, <laughs> that's a cool, hip
0: guy. So make it simple. Here's my version of this. The Ritz-Carlton, and I talk about them all the time. People are going to be sick of me talking about the Ritz-Carlton. I love the organization, love the company. They have a mantra. I call it a mantra. They actually call it a credo. It's nine words long, and it's simple. And I believe if you can remember this internally, and and it has some external focus, it makes it easier. Nine words. We're ladies and gentlemen serving ladies and gentlemen. That's a pretty good brand promise. That's wonderful. Okay. And that's what they believe. And they treat their employees like ladies and gentlemen and tell them that's who they're serving. Uh, One of my favorite clients is Ace Hardware, the helpful hardware place. Helpful is their big word. And that's what they use to overcome the competition. And so that's what
1: you're talking about. Uh, Absolutely. Simplicity. Think about the helpful hardware store all about them. I go in, I don't know how to fix something, but if I know that some man or woman's gonna come up to me in a red apron and say, hey, can I help you? Yeah, my sink is leaking. Okay, you need this, this, and this. Put it together this way. It's absolutely all about me. It's hearts and minds, right? It's emotional. I don't care if it's a millimeter thread or, a, or, a, or a, a united thread or a regal thread. I just wanna know how to do it. Make me feel good that I can get it done. And it's simple, and it leads us to the next point, point four, make it quick. Make it quick. They can very easily tell me what they stand for and prove it to me by saying, can I help you? Whereas otherwise they'd have to talk about all their inventory and that they have things for the garden and they have things for the pool and they have things for the bedroom and they have... But none of that matters. Or they could talk about their shipping or their discounts or whatever. None of it matters. Make it quick. Can I help you? We're the Helpful Hardware Store. I love it. It's perfect.
0: Right. So, I mean, bringing it down, somebody walks in the door and the first thing, they're they're asked the question, what can I help you find today? And by the way, that's exactly the way they say it. What can I help you find today? You can go to almost any Ace Hardware in the world and that's the way it will be phrased. And this is what's cool. If you go to the other guys... Their version of customer service is a, a great greeter, somebody that greets you when you come in, ask them, you know, they ask, hey, what are you looking for today? And you say, hey, I'm looking for um, whatever it is. That that you And call they it? say,
1: aisle 12.
0: Aisle 12, halfway down to the right side. We have a bunch of them. You can't miss it. Hey, thanks for coming in. By the way, that's very nice service. Nice service is great helpful service is another level. Helpful means you take them down to that aisle, you show them, and on the
1: way, you say, hey, what are you using this for? Right. And so, by the way, did you know that you need some epoxy and you have a good Phillips screwdriver? And while we're at it, you might want to clean out the mildew first, which means you also increase your check average.
0: Right. And that's really important. And they don't do this, by the way, and this is important. I wrote a book about this and used ACE as a role role model. Amaze every customer every time. And They are not trying to upsell you to make money. They will make money, but the reason for the upsell or the cross-sell is to make sure that you don't get home and have to come back for something that you forgot.
1: I do that every time I do a home project. I'm not the handiest around the house, but whenever I start a project, I know I'm going, I don't haven't gone to an Ace. I know I'm going back to the store four times. Well, now you have I to try an Ace. I will. Okay,
0: and, and, and tell them, I don't want to come back. Sell me everything I need. So, if you come in to buy a can of paint, what are they going to ask you? Brushes, exactly. mixers, if you need turpentine, brush, exactly. They're going to ask cloths. you if you need all of that, and don't take that as a sales pitch. I, I, I wrote an article was, we don't want you to come back. That's the name of the article. We don't <laughs> want like you to that. come back until the next time
1: you need something else. I'm going to tell them Shep sent me. Shep's, that's great. See where that gets you. All right, number five. Well, this leads right directly into it. We've just proven it. Number five is make it yours. What are you going to own? So, in fact, Ace is going to own being helpful. The other guys can own Big uh, inventory or cheaper prices or located in your neighborhood. I'm making this stuff up. There's a million things you can own. Volvo owns safety, right? Right. Mercedes-Benz owns status class. Porsche owns performance. Ferrari owns picking up girls in nightclubs. No,
0: that's that's not true. In Miami
1: or Puerto Rico. But it's actually Lamborghini that owns picking up girls in nightclubs. But the point is... What are you going to own? What are you going to stand for? What is non-negotiable? And what you're known for on top of it. Absolutely. And you will not cut corners. You will not cut prices. You will do whatever it takes because that's what you own. You are non-negotiable. That's what we're about. We are organic. We are about service. We are about low price. We are about convenience. We are about families. Whatever it is. You do not skimp.
0: I like that, I like that, and when you own it, and that's
1: your mantra, that's what you do, that's what you live, that's your brand promise. You live it, that's right. And what happens is, when someone else does it, trying to copy you, what do people say? They either say, oh look, they're doing that just like Shep, or they think, oh that guy must work for Shep. Right. Because you own it. Got it, number six. Number six, all five senses. Most of us think that marketing is done based on two senses sight and sound because if you think about most marketing vehicles, newspaper, radio, billboards, internet, it's sight and sound. You hear radio, you see and hear television, you read the newspaper. But people make decisions using all their senses, using their sense of touch, their sense of smell, their sense of, their sense of taste. And so how do you incorporate sensual cues into your brand? If you walk into certain high-end department stores, you'll notice that the padding they use in the carpet is much thicker than at low-price stores. Why? Because or maybe there's
0: music. It gives sense. live That's music.
1: Right. Or maybe and maybe there's scents in the air. They do all these different things so that you feel what the brand is. Now, you don't think about this consciously. You don't even notice it consciously, but subconsciously, you are absorbing all these cues that are saying this brand stands for whatever they own. How do we do that uh, if,
0: I mean, we're not a retail store. You're not walking in. Do we do it through image of of the marketing pieces? We have image on our website?
1: Yeah, absolutely. You do it on all those things. For example, business cards. We give out business cards, right? And nowadays, people get most of their business cards printed in these online, very inexpensive services. Pay a little bit extra money. Get thick, quality paper, because when you hand it to somebody... They feel it. They go, wow, nice card. Yeah, I have really thick cards. I I gave one to your friend a few minutes ago, and I watch people, and they they kind of, you can't see what I'm doing, but they move them around between their thumb and their forefinger, because it's this really nice textured paper, and they feel it, and it gives a sense of quality. If you uh, have coffee in your office, coffee machine... Put some cinnamon in the coffee machine because it puts a scent in the air. And cinnamon, by the way, is one of the most powerful scents there are. In fact, a lot of the the uh, discovery of the East with Marco Polo and all of that was for two spices specifically, nutmeg and cinnamon. Strong, Because yeah, they are... are so powerful mm-hmm. emotionally. Great, so number seven. Number seven. Now, I was getting to the end of the book here and all of these you've noticed are three words, uh, all about them, hearts and minds, make it quick, make it simple, make it yours, all five senses. This one's only one word, but I repeated it three times. It's repeat, repeat, repeat. Once you figure out what your brand is all about, how it's all about them, how it's emotional, how it's ownable, how it's simple and quick and sensual, you say it over and over and over and over again because consumers aren't really paying attention. You really need to hammer it home, which ironically does not give you license to be repetitive. You have to come up with new interesting ways of saying the same thing. The same thing.
0: Come in so, at different angles. It, it'll resonate differently. Exactly right. So uh, it's like wash, rinse, or lather, rinse, repeat over and over again. Do you know again. the
1: story about lather, rinse, repeat? The guy who came up with that one word, repeat, is responsible for increasing shampoo sales Exponentially! Oh, it's huge. They and do they really need to repeat? No, 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 you absolutely do not. Wash it once, it's clean. But repeat means you use twice as much
0: product. Yeah, and it, and it feels good rubbing. And I don't have hair, but I still repeat. <laughs> <laughs> so, wow. Well, we've been talking with Brewster Kell, and when we come back after this next break, we're going to talk about specific things. That Now, we've got these seven principles about branding. How does this work? How can we put it in the action? What do we need to do? You're listening to Amazing Business Radio. My name's Chef Hyken. Don't go away. And this is my impression of a drill instructor directing a musical. what? Get those tap heels in line and let me see those jazz hands! Are you bundling your home and auto insurance through Progressive? Can you hear me through those sequins? Bundle your home and auto through Progressive and save. Lift, lift, left, and step ball change! Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates, home insurance provided and serviced by other select insurers.
1: There's something for every sports fan on cbslocalsports.com. Watch live radio shows and original video programming while reading national articles from some of the best writers in the country. Visit cbslocalsports.com today.
0: Want great deals on products and unique experiences in your neighborhood? Look no further than CBS Local Offers, which brings you the best local deals in your community with everything from enticing restaurants to exciting events. Go to offers.cbslocal.com today. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Shep Hyken here. We're back on Amazing Business Radio. We're talking with brand guru Bruce Turkel from Miami, Florida. We're in New York today. We are going to be talking now about how to start this. You've given us seven great strategies or tactics. I think they're more strategic than anything because they're great concepts. So how do I
1: get started? It's very important to know two things. You need to know who you are and what you stand for, and you need to know who your consumer is and what they care about. The simple words in both areas is to understand your authentic truth. Obviously we all deliver a product or service and you could say I deliver um, um, pottery or I deliver dinners or I deliver lawn service or I'm a dentist and I deliver dental care, but lots of people do that. What is your authentic truth? What is it that gets you up in the morning? What is it that matters? Where's the real truth in who you are and what you do? That's not so easy to do. I mean, we'd like to think that we're very self-aware, but let's face it, over the years of running a business and paying bills and making payroll, sometimes we do things simply to pursue the, uh, the revenue. But you really got to peel back the onion and figure out why you do it, what turns you on, what makes it click, because that's where that authentic truth is. That's where your brand lives. And by the way, that's also where the things that don't matter don't have to be pursued. We talked before about cars and we said that Porsche was about performance um, and Mercedes-Benz was about class and engineering. Toyota, what do they sell? They are an appliance. That's really what they sell. Durability, they start every time, they get you where you're going to go. It's an appliance. If a Toyota is not as fast as a Porsche, does anybody care? No.
0: It's a Toyota.
1: If a Toyota is not as cheap as maybe a Hyundai or a Kia, do you care? No. If it's not as beautiful as an Audi or a Ferrari, no. Because that's not their authentic truth. Their authentic truth reliability. is reliability. Reliability. So when they had that um, unintended acceleration problem recently, and they refused to take the the blame for it and fix the cars it really damaged their brand value it's estimated that it cost more than a billion dollars in brand value and all that-
0: right so for those that don't know what this is about the car you would accelerate on the car and then it would stick yeah, exactly the, the, the accelerator would not go back and and there were terrible accidents that took place as and the they result would of not
1: this. take responsibility and they've lost it'll be estimated it's estimated that they'll lose up to two billion dollars in brand value. Now Ferrari had a problem too. Where now for, you
0: said two billion in brand value, in, or is that two billion in sales? In or brand, are they one in the, the well, same? Well no
1: brand value is leads directly to sales. The value of that brand proof of the value of brand value of the value of brands in automobiles. When Ford had the problems that all the car makers in the United States did, Ford didn't take money from the government because they were able to borrow money against their brand. That's how powerful that is it's really hard to measure but it's incredibly strong and toyota violated because they violated their authentic truth so that's the first thing you got to figure out and I, I used the words before what is non-negotiable
0: right there was uh, i can't remember what the tire company was uh where the tires were uh just they were shredding and coming off do you remember what happened
1: they were shredding and coming off exactly right
0: yep it was firestone mm-hmm. that was right firestone and firestone what did they do? I think they handled it perfectly, didn't they? I don't remember. Okay, I believe that what they did is they recalled every single tire, regardless of whether it was, I mean, they just, it was a textbook case. And that's
1: exactly how to do it. Ferrari did the same thing. These cars were spontaneously combusting. They were bursting That's into not flames. good. At not, high
0: speed, when you're good. driving a Ferrari. Not a good
1: thing. But what they said was, if it happens, we will take it back. We'll give you a new one, a $350,000 car. Was there fraud? You got to believe there was. Some guy was upside down. He set his car on fire. He got his money back. But. Ferrari is now, even though it's not a very large company, especially not compared to Toyota, it now has one of the most valuable brands in the world because people understand. You pay that kind of money, but you get this They'll amazing product. they stand behind it. They stand behind it. Exactly. Right. So authentic truth. And then you need to understand the authentic truth of your consumer. If you look at the two brands we just mentioned, Toyota and Ferrari, the buyers are not the same people. So you have to understand who the buyers are and what they care about. And where those two... Um, Ideas Intersect is where you build your brand. What do I stand for? What resonates with my consumer?
0: Bam. So you need to define very clearly what you stand for, but just as if not even more so, who is your consumer? You can't be everything to everybody. You can't be
1: all things to all people. That's right.
0: Right. Now, it's interesting. Uh, Walmart, if you, you know, Walmart, what are they known for?
1: Low prices. And? Always low prices.
0: Always low prices. Good selection. Big selection. Drive in front of a Walmart where I live in St. Louis, and what kind of cars do you see sitting in the lot?
1: Probably Mercedes exactly. and BMWs. Exactly.
0: It's counterintuitive, if you think about it. But guess what? Good, you know, They're not known for customer service, although they don't give bad customer service. But what they're known
1: for is prices and selection. Well, it's also important to understand, Shep, where you're going with that, because a consumer is a different person based on what they're buying. There's a little gourmet market in your neighborhood that you might go to for that special bottle of wine or Mm -hmm. you have friends coming over and you want that special cake or that special appetizer. But you're not buying dog food there and you're not buying cat litter there and you're not buying dish detergent there even though they sell it. You're then driving your Mercedes, your Cadillac, your whatever to Walmart to buy those things because you're a different consumer at different times. Both stores, the high end and the low price, cater to the same customer but in different purchase exercises,
0: right? So the consumer is a little bit of a different animal than the customer that you might be have an industrial type uh, organization uh, or manufacturer. Well, you know
1: that's that's what a lot of people say. However, the two different businesses you're talking about there, the consumer business is B to C business right. to consumer, right? And then and B the to other B. one is B to B. But remember, all businesses are P to P, people to people. And even the industrial buyer still has to answer to someone. He or she has to answer to his boss, to his shareholders, to his supervisor, or when she goes home or he goes home, they have to answer to their spouse. Everybody answers to somebody. So the brand value still matters, even in a B2B environment. You've heard the expression, no one ever got fired for hiring IBM. Right? Right. Because I went with the biggest. I went with the safest. Went with the That's best. That's brand value. That's
0: huge value. So how do I know this is working? IBM figured out how to, how to prove it. You
1: know it's working when you hear your words parroted back to you. You know it's working when the special things you've created become the nomenclature that your customers use. They come into your store. They come into your restaurant. They come into your dental practice, and they ask for those things or they recommend others who come asking for those things. You understand it's working when people have internalized it and use it as their own language.
0: That's good. So we're going along, things are successful, but the world is changing. How do you, you still want to keep your brand, you want to keep that promise, and I know uh, it, it, you just have to keep up with the times. Things change. How do you move
1: with the market? How do you move with your consumer? That's a great question. If you've done this exercise properly, you know what your authentic truth is, you know what's non-negotiable, you know what you stand for. That doesn't change. But the way you manifest it to your customers, is continually flexible you always have to have your finger on the pulse it either changes in the services or the products you offer it changes in the distribution vehicle you use for your messaging you know you're no longer printing things in the farmer's almanac now you're using facebook or you right. know next I mean, week it'll be something are, else and
0: bookstores are a great example of that because they are going by the not all of them but some of the major brands of uh, uh, Well, Barnes & Noble is still out there. Uh, Borders. Borders, yeah. See, I almost forgot. It's been, what, just a couple of years.
1: Here's a great example. The newspaper business. there's a newspaper business. But here's why. They had it in their name, newspaper. They believed they were in the paper part of the business, meaning a big, heavy lump of paper on your doorstep Mm -hmm. in the morning. What it turns out is we bought it for the news. Now we get the news online, on our phones or whatever. If the newspapers understood they were in the news business, not in the paper business, they would have been able to move. The authentic truth was wrong. The consumers demand, I want to know information right away and I want in-depth. That never changed. Exactly right.
0: Okay, but so we need to do is keep up with the change, recognize the change, but still stick to the core values. If I'm a newspaper that promises you uh, the greatest, the latest news in an honest, non-biased format, it doesn't matter what the medium is. It could be online. It could be on a paper, in a magazine. I could write it and indict it on a tablet. Which I was once floated done. up the
1: Euphrates right. on a papyrus raft.
0: <laughs> exactly. That's right. Exactly. But I have to stick to my core values. That's right. So it's kind of full circle because we come back to uh, the brand. It's It's all part of your core value and what you stand for. Exactly
1: right. It's all about the brand value.
0: All right. Wrapping this whole thing up, is there one last idea that you can share with us that? Gosh, this is what I wish Shep would have asked or wish I would have shared this. What's the one thing you could think of? We can all go home and say amazing business radio truly is amazing.
1: Your brand, your authentic truth, your consumer's authentic truth is hidden in plain sight. It's right there. You just don't see it because you're so busy doing all the other things you do. But if you peel back the onion, use Wizard of Oz. If you look at the man behind the curtain, it's already there. It's why you've been successful. Find it. Put your finger on it, accentuate it, never violate it. And the next time we speak, you'll be thanking me and Shep for all the help.
0: Bruce, that is awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, we've been listening to Bruce Terkel on Amazing Business Radio. My name's Shep Hyken. Thanks for tuning in. Remember, always be amazing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.